Hey, Crit Nation, it's Justin. I just want to apologize. We had some sort of technical issue, and there's a weird audio distortion coming from one of the mics. So I did my best to clean it up, so hopefully it won't be too bad. But we do apologize that it won't be up to the quality you're used to from Crit Academy. This episode is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Cobalt Press. Tales of the Old Margreve, a 5e adventure that takes you deep in an ancient magical forest with new spells, monsters, magic items, and wondrous locations. Contained within this dragon's hoard of material, you will find a collection of 12 adventures for heroes level 1 to 10 and over 200 pages full of blood and thorns, vengeful dragons, and secrets of the forest. <laughs> Head on over to critacademy.com slash Press and get your copy of Tales of Old Margrave today. to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your guest, Chris. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventures. Our show may not be suitable for young children, <laughs> but neither is our D&D games. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pause for a second. Where did that sexy ass accent come from? I don't know. Who? You don't see him? The kind of, yeah, I see him, but <laughs> not that anyone with an accent is just like <laughs> <laughs> it's Don't all, mind it's him. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you already derailed me, asshole. It doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like a master craftsman without any magical tools. That's how they get everything done. You know that, right? I mean, think about it. In the D&D world, if something breaks, you take it to the craftsman. You know he's a motherfucker that knows the mending cantrip out back. He's like, here, banging on shit. Come back in three days and I'll have it. And then charging you for something that took six seconds. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I am really excited for today's show, you guys. We have a really awesome guest. Uh, Chris... The kind GM, thank you so much for joining us today. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's we. I, I've been following you for a while. I love your content. You became a um, a Crit Nation member, so thank you so much for all the content you do. If you guys do not know, um, the kind GM's blog on Twitter is all about RPG stuff. If it's RPG related or game related, you can find some great content. You write awesome articles. Uh, so kudos to you, especially from. Uh, I don't read a lot of other people's writing, but yours really speaks to me. <laughs> so I actually end oh, up reading through you. it. I'm just happy to, <laughs> to be able to write and provide uh, content uh, to others who are going to enjoy it. Right. You can read? You know what, fucker? Yes. Yes, I can read. <sighs> I, I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. Oh, um, poor Tater. <laughs> what's like, wrong? FYI, you screwed up my Sunday. I'm going to have to eat dinner while watching. LOL. Oh, no, try, not to, try not to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> what is he going to do when we're at a bar drinking and sitting and having something together? I do not know. 
It's going to ruin, really ruin his day that day. <laughs> I hope he lifts his kilt up and claims you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so moving on. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show. We are have got an absolutely awesome episode for you guys today. For our Let's Talk About Blank segment, we have a question in regards to rolling uh, – uh, insight versus deception and you know, how we would handle it. Uh, our main topic, we are interviewing Chris, the kind GM, not only to talk about his blog and his process, but his, uh, is this your first product on DMs Guild? Well, it's the first, uh, paid uh, project right uh your enchanted tools which by the way covers a niche that really needed somebody needed to to, to cover that and not only did you do that you did it with an amazing supplement and of course we have our honor tips and tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and dms but before all that we have our, our in the realm segment where we spend a few minutes talking about what's going on in our realm what's going on in our realm I have something I really, really want to talk about today. We all are going to be going to Akatacon in November, uh, November 8th and 9th and 10th, I think, or 9th, 10th, 11th, November. <laughs> uh, so we're really excited for that. We're all going to be running games and we're going to do a show there. So uh, if you're out in that way, it's going to be in Dayton, Ohio. Go to Akatacon.com and check it out. Uh, I haven't yet, but I will make sure to put a link on our website uh, to there. Um, definitely uh, do that. It's a, a really um it's a i don't want to say it's newer i think it's on like it's fifth or fifth or sixth year or something uh it's an rpg convention and i love rpgs so i'm excited to go <laughs> if you go to their website we're special guests <laughs> i don't know what kind of special he means I'm, like doo -doo -doo is kind of what went to my brain that happened yeah <laughs> it was an accident i like to play knee knee <laughs> i guess i don't know yeah i was like uh, wait, wait wait we're special guests have they listened to our show? I know, right? <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I recorded a D&D &D session with One Shot Onslaught. Oh my god, those guys are awesome. It was such a pleasure to not only be a player once again, but to also be a part of their show because I've listened to those guys and I, I love their content. I'm, it makes me really um, happy to to be invited to do that. And it was a blast. We ran Jeff Stevens' uh, uh, Happy Jack's Funhouse, which is absolutely just awesome. So keep an eye out for that. It's supposed to – it's in two episodes. It will release this uh, October. Um, Chris, what's going on in your realm? Well, in my realm, there were a lot of uh... – work about um, my my degree I've been uh, finishing my degree in computer science and engineering and I had exams that I finished uh, about a week ago I think <laughs> and I'm waiting for the results and I'm slowly trying to catch up uh, with uh, my work on the blog mm -hmm. because when exams hit uh, everything else goes to the bin yep so that's one thing. Another thing is that I finally got um, the Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus uh, book. Bought it. <laughs> the alternate cover version, and it's so good. It's so good. The cover is amazing, but also the backside of the book is so sweet. Oh, yeah. It has like um, a stained glass uh, angel. Something oh, like that. Man. It's awesome. That and I finally odd. got uh, the Essentials Kit, which was exclusive for Target. And I don't think there's Target anywhere in Europe. 
<laughs> so how so how, and that and that for those that don't know you're you hail from that part of the world right yeah i'm from greece that is way, so, that is awesome and in greece it came in mid september i think so you recently got that then like that hasn't even been available yeah i haven't even opened it yet yeah it wasn't available yeah, we wow. uh, we've actually talked about getting it and covering some of that stuff on the show, but compared to all the other stuff that I constantly cover, I was just like, that seems less interesting. But I'm told I need to get it, so I should probably do that. Yeah. Um, you'll have to definitely write a, a write a blog for me to read when you uh, bust it open. Well, I'm planning on uh, shooting a video unboxing it, so maybe you won't uh, have to read. Oh, cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I think that'll do it for In the Realm. Brandon, if they'd like to visit other realms, how can they do so? They can visit our website at creditacademy.com where we have a link to audible.com. And if you become an Audible member with a 30-day free trial, you can get a free ebook as well. And you can keep the ebook even if you decide to not be a Audible member no more. So moving on to our Let's Talk About Blank segment, uh, Glenn Magus asks, if a PC is rolling deception check against an NPC... Do you set a DC for that check or roll insight check for the NPC? How do you handle this in your games, uh, Chris? That depends because um, this is uh, something I that would come up uh, on the spot. So I would pretty much tackle it on the spot. So I could uh, have my NPC roll an insight check. Or I could just uh, get the inside bonus they have and add a 10, and that would be the DC the player had to beat. Yeah, um, that's and, and honestly, I think you hit it on the head. To me, it's something that is is situational because I don't I do both. I don't ever do one or the other exclusively, and to me, it's all about the flow of the the um the game if i think that this um pc is trying to deceive this person and this person is especially insightful i don't want to take a risk with the dice so i'll set i'll just set a dc and let the the player fail it or or pass it um but most of the time i will roll insight just naturally going through it just because a that engages me a little more and b it, in my opinion i feel like it gives the player a little more success rate because I roll like shit all the time. <laughs> but when I've got a group of NPCs, it's almost exclusively a, a, a set DC. Yep. My take is um, that is what passive insight is for. So just go off that. Yeah. 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 You're right. There you go. Passive insight instead of a DC. I use DC. I probably should do passive insight more. And especially when the NPC you're interacting with doesn't have a reason per se to roll for insight actively. Hmm. Yeah, I'm ca- I'm calling you out, uh, Matt. When I was playing my character, when I was building it, he saw that I wrote always lie. So every time I say anything, he would roll insight. And I'm like, I feel like that's not how that works. That should be like passive or something. To be fair, you, you hear your kid kept saying outlandish things all the time. So it's there's fucking dragons <laughs> flying in the goddamn sign sky, man. It, outlandish it, shit happens. It don't matter no more because he's dead. Yeah, I killed my own character with my other character. It was pretty hard and savage. <laughs> Thanks for that, B. Yeah. Um, I think this is a this is a is going to really come down to uh, DM discretion. I do think uh, Ian made an excellent point that that's why passive insight is a thing. So you pure, purely could go off of that, I suppose. Um, I like to set DCs though, so because I don't want every little lie that the players say to to slip through. You know what I mean? Do you have anything to add to that, B? 
this is I would usually use a DC, especially if it's at a point where uh, this specific NPC might know something, mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to know for like another chapter or two. Mm-hmm. Then I would make the DC incredibly higher, fudge the numbers so they can't figure it out till then. <laughs> Chuckle says, personally, I like to do an insight check for my NPCs. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're wrong, but no, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, this is a pretty cut and dry. It really, I hate to say it, it really is up to you, man. Just do whatever tickles your dice, man. I, I'm not, I seriously. Um, both work and both have their advantages and disadvantages. Honestly, I'm lazy, so I don't mind setting a DC most of the time, but... <laughs> Uh, I do a little bit of both. So uh, I think that'll do it for our question, Glenn. We hope we answered your question. If we didn't, eh, oh well. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I will send you Google one go- I will send you one free Google coupon. <laughs> you can use that. <laughs> that was the funny uh, shit I ever saw. Uh, yeah, I saved it. I saved it. So yeah, I got, so did I. <laughs> I got the image that's a Google coupon when people bitch about stuff. It's like, here, figure it out yourself. Giveaway. We like to give away fat loots. Let's be honest. We give away at least three products every single week on our show. And because Chris is so awesome, we're going to be giving away a free copy of his Enchanted Tools during the show later. So make sure you're watching on Twitch. Otherwise, you can't win and you'll be shut out of luck. Enchantment? Each episode, we will draw one lucky subscriber's name and they will win the five-star Raiders adventure, Banquet of the Damned, Compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a community project D&D over, uh, fans based out Benoit of the UK. Over at they Goblin aim to be a place show. where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website, www.critacademy.com. Chris, who's our winner today? Team. Dot Bogart. Dot ninety two. Yep. Did I get that correct? I have no idea. It's what I would have went with. <laughs> Bogart sounds sounds right. Yep. Yay! Now push the button. Push the button, Brandon. What the fuck? Push the button. You How hard can it be to push the button? Eat my ass. <laughs> Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, congratulations, Tim. If that's you, already make my ears bleed. If you, if you enjoy the adventure, please leave Galpinstone a review. Brandon, if they'd like to win prizes and, and be entered to win these fat loots every single week, how can they do so? They can subscribe on our website, on Twitch, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. All of our social media, just subscribe. And we'll pull names from our subscribers list, and that's how you win. Yeah, I basically roll a dice to determine which list I pull from, and then I use another dice generator to pull from the big list of them. So you have a chance to win the more uh, places you follow us. So do that. God damn it, you guys. What? They're making fun of me. With that, we will move on to our main topic, Enchanted Tools. Once again, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We know we can be a handful. You mean you wish? Now, until now, it's you seem pretty okay. <laughs> We're only part way through the show. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, yeah, I know. I've kind of told everyone a little bit about you, but can you give us a little, give Crit Nation a little more uh, insight about yourself and what it is you do for the um, D&D or RPG community as a whole? Uh, as the guys have already said, I'm Chris, but uh, you probably know me better as the kind gem. I live in Greece. And I started playing D&D in 2014. I'm kind of new to this. Oh, wow. That <laughs> and, is new. But, but it, pretty, it, it quickly became my primary hobby. And I think it was 2015 when I decided to start uh, the blog because I really wanted uh, to give back to the community and uh, to a game that I really like. So I started uh, the blog and I have been um, writing reviews uh, and creating content that uh, people can use in their games. And at some point I got got into cartography as well. So I post maps there as well. And I have um, since then contributed to some... um, projects on the DMs Guild and for example I have uh, uh, written for uh, Jeff Stevens which you mentioned before Jeff is awesome <laughs> yeah he, he's he's a really good guy yeah, he's he a really good guy and I've had a, a lot of fun working with him but I recently started uh, doing projects on my own or with uh, a team I'm starting to create. Very cool. That's really exciting. I, I gotta, I gotta s- just pause for a second. Alicia burned the piss out of you and you haven't noticed it yet. <laughs> yeah, she does that. What did she say? That's what I said in our vows. You're pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just okay. You guys heard it first from the Empress. Thanks, babe. And then we into a server with the Python left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, what's your most memorable D and D moment? Mm, memorable. So, I mostly gem. So, memorable moments come uh, mostly from um, the feats of my players. So, I have um, one that I, I really I was probably as happy as my player. <laughs> I love those moments. We were uh, finishing uh, Out of the Abyss, the adventure for 5th edition, Mm -hmm. and he was playing a warlock paladin, and when they started fighting uh, Demogorgon, he was like, hey, can I actually charge um, an Eldritch Blast with a smite? Which... Okay, yeah, technically, you can't really do that because rules, but who cares about rules? So I told him, yeah, you can roll with disadvantage. And oh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and he rolled uh, double 20s. <laughs> <laughs> when he usually rolls two. Wow. That's... So I was, I was so happy that he managed to do that because there was a story behind how he got both uh, of his powers and it it was uh, it was uh, a good uh, way to close this uh, chapter mm-hmm. so it was really good and another 
I just remember another one, uh, which was the opposite. Um, the same character rolled a saving throw to not to get petrified. He had to roll a three. And he rolled a two, of course. Oh. <laughs> but uh, then he managed to do something cool. Uh, because I didn't want him to start uh, getting petrified immediately. I started doing it uh, slowly, so his uh, feet were starting uh, to get petrified, and he wanted to reach um, uh, Medusa. Mm -hmm. So he just said, okay, I can't walk towards here, so I'll just uh, miss the step towards here. Oh, snap! <laughs> Who needs your legs when you can teleport? <laughs> oh, man. So it sounds like what I'm gathering is you sound like an awesome, rule of cool kind of DM. <laughs> I try. <laughs> See, that's that's my jams, because while I appreciate rules as written, I'm the first to go off script when my players bring me something. For instance, I was just reading an article, not an article, a Facebook post in the big D&D group about a guy whose player wants to use needles as his finesse weapon. And everyone's going about, oh, the physics doesn't make sense, or too small, blah, blah. Motherfucker, reflavor a dart and let him throw that shit. Who cares? Yeah. Although I will admit, I kind of was in the same boat as one guy's like, I am not going to let a sewing needle do more damage than that chair. <laughs> That's true. But if uh, if the chair hits you in the back and the needle hits you in the eye, which did more damage? Probably the chair. <laughs> It depends who threw the chair. But the point I was trying to make is that <laughs> when when you have something that your players want to do, there's mechanics you can find to support that. At the very least, you can say, sure, it's finesse, and it does one point of damage like the blowgun. Still let it trigger fucking uh, um, uh, sneak attack. That'll be a deadly-ass needle fucking. First thing that came to my mind, you guys watch uh, the old shitty Daredevil, right? With bullseye and he's killing people, throwing like needles. Is it needles he's throwing at people? I guess. And that guy right mm -hmm. in his throat fucking kills the guy by throwing needles into his throat. That sounds deadly to me as long as it depends on where you put it. That came out wrong. And how good you're at it. <laughs> yes, right? So to me, I, I love when you get a DM or uh, that's willing to find a way to make that stuff work. Mostly when it's for a character character concept, right? Like if one guy randomly says, I'm going to pick up those needles and throw them. Eh, okay, maybe not. That's an improvised weapon, whatever. Still, improvised weapon, still 1d4, just so you guys know. But not finesse. But not finesse, right. But <laughs> the point is, is that... If my character decided they, the player wanted to, to, to make that uh, a, a concept, hey, I want to be the needler. Well, fuck yeah, let's make it happen. We're going we're gonna to reflavor darts. They do 1d4, they're finesse, have fun. <laughs> He's a tailor for a background. <laughs> <laughs> we totally should make that a character concept, the needler. That's hilarious. So anyways, it sounds like you're right along in that boat. Um and, and, and that to me is awesome because that's the kind of the DMs I like. Cause I like to have fun. I don't, if I want to get stuck on the rules, I go play Pathfinder. <laughs> well, I, I like rules and I like mm, knowing the rules so I can bend them exactly how I like. I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. 20s though. All, all, right. all natural. Have you had any moments where you feel that like you've failed as a player or a DM? And if so, what did you learn from the whole experience? Yeah, like that kind of connects with what I said right now in the end, because uh, I don't really think I have failed. But in the whole uh, learning process, 
of starting to play as a GM because the moment I started, I was a GM. Uh, I had to get um, get to know rules uh, so I can uh, help my players. And there were definitely some misunderstandings that sometimes helped my players and other times uh, didn't. So, for example, I, I started playing in 2014, so I started with 4th edition. And I misread rules about temporary hit points. And we were playing with hit, with temporary hit points stacking. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, in 4th edition, which is really easy to get temporary hit points. So yeah. there was a ding, warlock ding. with 100-plus temporary hit points in a fight. <laughs> And I was you like, get a hit okay, point. You get a hit point. How can I beat a, play, a, a player character? Right. It was a bit uh, wonky. And a similar <laughs> thing, but that was not a misunderstanding exactly. It was a mistranslation. Because uh, the rules are in English, and I sometimes have to translate them in Greek. And. I mistranslated and misunderstood the difference between uh, round and turn. Right. So the, some effects either lasted longer or much, much uh, a shorter time. And that was problematic. And that affected my players more, I think, right. in a bad way. So I learned to read the, the rules better so I can understand them better and use them as I want. And... That has played a role also in uh, my Nerd Arcana analysis articles, mm-hmm. and th- that uh, helped me try to understand better the rules. Which, by the way, I was uh, uh, I was said that I had uh, a misunderstanding again in the in one of my latest uh, articles, and thankfully they told me because again it was a mistranslation for me. And right, I fixed it. That kind of reminds me of how I, when I was first getting RPGs in general, I attempted to play the game Anima with a, with some friends, which is a French RPG. And when they translate to English, sometimes the translations did not make it through. So there's one of you like, what's going on? That makes no sense. How does this work in this rule? And then you have Shadowrun. Yeah. So uh, another fun thing about translations is that uh, third edition, some of the books of third edition were translated in Greek. Okay. And there's a lot of memes about them because the translations are kind of bad, not exactly bad, but some of the words that are chosen for monsters, etc., are a bit, uh, well, not exactly the right ones. So they leave a lot of space to make fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. There's some crazy shit going on in chat right now. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to pause for a minute. First off, uh, Monty from Mage. Uh, he says, you need to make a ragdoll enemy with resistance to the needler. What the hell? Nothing more fun than having to fight a giant pincushing. That'd be great. And Tater, my god, man. I am a dad, and my son was my best joke. Uh, talking. You left it out of context. They're talking about dad jokes. Yeah, talking about dad jokes because of chuckles. Oh, I don't know. But I, I the, apparently the needler is pretty popular in the chat, so we'll have to, we'll have to write something up for that, I, for sure. It's like shooting fish in a bucket. 
Um, so you mentioned the kind of the issues you have with the translation. Um, that must be extra hard. I mean, I couldn't imagine that. I can barely read translate what's on the page to my brain. So I couldn't imagine translating it to my brain and then into another language. Yeah. Um, so kudos to you. Can be interesting at times. Like there's, there was a reason why there was a memes for a while. I like, uh, science and English in Japan. Yeah. They like have nasty implications in some cases that were completely unintentional, <laughs> right? But they they don't know, so and that's how you get just like full frontal in the Gundam series. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you for sharing uh, some of that more personal stuff. One thing we we love about interviewing people is, as D and D players, as role players, our experiences vary, and I always feel like some of the best stories um, from our memory, as well as the moments where we may have made a mistake or problems that we've ran into can help others, you know, improve their game. So exactly. Now, now that all that stuff is uh, um, finished up, now we get to the 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 creme de la creme. Is that what language is that? Creme I don't de know. La creme. I don't even know what language that is. But uh, we're here French. to get to the French. Is it? See, look at that. I'm such a. I'm a bad. I'm. I'm. A, you think Americans are bad? I'm like the worst when it comes to knowing anything. <laughs> So, anyways, we are here to talk about your enchanted tools. Enchantment? So, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about enchanted tools and kind of how it came to be? Okay, so enchanted tools is a collection of magic item versions of the tools found in the player's handbook. These, uh, it includes uh, the artisan's tools, mm-hmm. as, well as, uh, as well as the disguise kit, the forgery kit, the herbalism kit, the poisoner's kit, uh, the navigators, and the thieves' tools. Mm-hmm. And the healer's kit, even though it's not technically a tool, but uh, it's a good thematic addition. They, ver- uh, they vary in uh, rarity from uh, common all the way to legendary. And each one has uh, unique effects. Now, as uh, how they came to be, as you said, it's a niche that it's not really used. And in general, cra- the crafting system in 5th edition isn't, a, isn't really practical, no. nor fre- flexible. So crafting times are too long for too little reward and... From uh, a point onwards, players can simply throw enough uh, gold at the situation to resolve it. Or, yeah, you can pay an NPC just to do something for you. Or they can use um, ready, ready items, or no matter if uh, they are magical or not. Yep. And, like, one sticking point for me has always been, like, for example, in the edition rules as written, it takes over about a year to craft a suit of plate mail, which it did not take that long in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and as a direct result of, of the problematic crafting system, the tools are underused. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some exceptions. Uh, for example, the Thibs tools. Because they have uh, immediate effect effects uh, in the adventuring of uh, the characters. So I've been um, thinking about it and uh, discussing about it with uh, the co-creator of the tools. And we decided to uh, do something about it. And... This, was an, uh, this wasn't an attempt to create a crafting system. We didn't want to create um, a whole new system 
that was different from what fifth edition offers. We wanted to make something that um, or uses what uh, we already get from fifth edition and just provide the incentive to players to explore this part of uh, the game. And in, in your your co-writer is, and I would I apologize for undoubtedly slaughtering this, Anastasios Samakis. Exactly. Yep, you got it right. Fuck yeah! I can't get your name <laughs> right, but I got his, and that's all that matters. Anastasios. I told that's you have no idea. I get wrong every name. I'm so that's exciting. Uh, right, Brandy. Brandon, Brandon. Is it Brandon, Brandon, or Brandon? Dan. Done. See? Don. Known him for twenty something years. Anyways. So uh so this is this is really <laughs> exciting. Um I got to read through this, you you and I'll be honest, this wasn't some this was one of those things that I didn't realize I needed until I read it and realized it existed. Um, because you make a lot of really great valid points that it's a system that is underutilized and isn't engaged except for the stuff that has an immediate immediate reward. Um, and so this is anybody that listens to the show knows I've gone on and on that I am not super gung-ho on giving out magic items. Specifically, I don't like to give out weapons that just do damage because I feel like that magic items have more utility than just slaying the hell out of shit. So when I read through this, I was like, this is something that I immediately want to include in my game because I love the idea of the players getting magical items that benefit them in a way that isn't revolve cleaving something's head off. So, um... And, and can I just say, it looks like a lot of thought and a lot of work went into each creation of each item. You can see it in the way it's written and in, in, in the, 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 um, the content that each one delivers. Um, so I imagine that was quite the, the process uh, of development for this product. Would you be kind of willing to walk us, walk us through that process, from maybe from not necessarily start to finish, but give us kind of a, a high-level view of that process? Sure. So, first of all, we had to decide uh, which of the tools we wanted to include. So, from the get-go, we had decided to include all the artisan's tools. Okay, makes sense. Which uh, There's a lot. would be a bit uh, of a challenge. Not uh, because of their number, but some of them were going to be a bit difficult to come up uh, with uh, ideas for. Right. But... We wanted to expand uh, the list a bit because if you go to the player's handbook, you're going to see a huge uh, table that says tools. And it's not only the artisan's uh, tools there. So we added then the thieves, the disguise kit, etc. And then we we were discussing if we should uh, add the musical instruments. Mm -hmm. But... There are already magic items for those, so we didn't uh, add uh, anything for those. Then there are the gaming kits, and they're not tools, and they wouldn't feel thematically. Uh, sure. They wouldn't uh, be a good fit thematically for the supplements, so we took those out as well. And the same for the vehicles, because they are in the table of tools, but they they do not uh, fit the thing well right but that would be interesting to see um, some uh, some work with um, vehicles not necessarily new vehicles maybe 
an expansion on them. Right. That would be and, cool. And then we added the healer's kit as well, which isn't even in the tools uh, table. That's but anyway. okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the healer's kit. It's, it's one of my favorite to- toys. It's very underutilized. Yeah. I totally, <laughs> I'll be honest, I've been wanting to reflavor the, the healing kit as like custom-made sandwiches that I could ram down people's throats when, so, they're, when, they're, when they need a healing, like a senzu bean or like a, like a superfood. Like, oh, I can make a Popeye character and like, you need to be eating your spinach and pour it down their throats. So I, I love the healer's kit. So when I saw that in there, I was like, yeah. It's like a medieval defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> then um, once we had uh, finalized the list... We had to start working. The writing, I don't think, was the conventional way to do it because we didn't focus on any single tool at a time. We just let, okay, what are we going to do today? So let's do this one. And we start writing. And then I immediately get an idea for another tool. So no, let's do this one. Anyway, we let our inspiration drive the writing process, the on uh, which one we would work uh, each time. And after we were done with the writing, we did even more writing. Because <laughs> you do the first pass, you say, you say okay, this, this is something I can work with, but then you, you need to make some uh, changes, maybe swap uh, options between uh, tools, polish a bi- uh, the writing a bit more, make the wording more consistent. That's really important, in my opinion. Right. And and also, we had to make uh, some mechanics a bit more clear. We didn't want to bog down the one who was uh, reading it. Right, right. <laughs> we had to find artwork. Yep. And uh, then we had to do the layout. And it, uh, the layout was a challenge itself, because uh, it was the first time I was using... Um, a professional uh, software piece for a layout, which made the process harder and easier at the same time. Which uh, tool were you using? I got uh, Affinity Publisher. Okay. It's I think it's good. And uh, the good about, uh, about it is that uh, there is a template on uh, the DMs Guild mm-hmm. that you can use. Very helpful. Lots of great resources on DMs Guild for people yep. for templates and stuff like that. If you've never and artwork, done that. yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, the stock artwork is. There are huge collections. You can find uh, almost anything you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, what can you tell us about uh, some of the people that you worked with? Yeah, uh, on this one I work with Anastasios. And this is uh, just the two of you, or is there? Uh... That is a sexy name. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Slower. <laughs> let me go. Let me do some ASMR. Anastasia. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I told you we were weird. <laughs> you know, oh you, my gosh. You know you have problems with that in the normal one. <laughs> that's true. Um. So this is basically a two-man project. Wait. Is that? I. I assume that's a guy. I guess I don't. I shouldn't make that assumption. Two-person project. I include everybody. I think I see a face palm. <laughs> and well, he's my best friend. He's uh, one of uh, my first players. He also GMs occasionally. So I have someone to GM for me so I can t- take a mental break. It's a good idea. And uh, someone to bounce ideas off each other. And this isn't the first uh, thing we have published on the guild. 
It was actually a rogue subclass, and it's um, called uh, the Saboteur, and it's pay what you want. So go grab it. Would Makes you? really good use of uh, traps, I think. Saboteur. Will you so. go Google, find that, and then uh, put the link in the uh, chat for us, please? That the Saboteur. Like, that sounds like a good idea. Hell yeah, I want to read it. The Saboteur? The Saboteur. Yeah, so we're going to go, uh, Ian's going to go grab the link and toss that into chat for you guys. Um, I, I can't see that's where? On DM's uh, DM's I think Gil. there are multiple with the same name, so make sure it got his name. you get the right one. Yeah, it's Chris. Is, and is that a face palmy mode? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry. I, I thought it was a, actually it's a person waving. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my god. So, so you have to understand our uh we got a projector that's shooting the, the images up here. So it's kind of far away, so those little tiny um tiny uh emotes are hard to see, but it definitely looks like a person doing this. I, I can't see shit. <laughs> well, I'm watching the chat from my phone, so I think we're in the same position. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so the two of you got into this project did you in uh did you start this on your own or did you guys go at it together right from the beginning or was it you were working on it and bouncing ideas or vice versa and then it became a two-person job or is it let's do this well there's a lot of I, I didn't start it we just we were just bouncing ideas okay so we were um, both uh, in it from the start <laughs> so at one point you're just like Bro, we can make money off this. <laughs> so you just went with that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. We usually we mostly did it because we just wanted to to see if we could do it. You did. Uh, Tater says to make sure to add uh, add it to the notes as well. We, yep, we'll add it to the show says notes. I'm on an iPad, so links don't work. You, you know why well, they don't work? It's because you're using an iPad. It's a fucking iPad. <laughs> Um, so it sounds like a lot of work went oh, into this, um, in this process. <laughs> what kind of challenges did you guys run into? Uh, you mentioned one already, the learning a new software. Was there any other things, uh, that kind of popped up and made this really challenging for you? Yeah, there was uh, a lot of research to be done. And I mean, a lot of research because you want to find, you want the tools to reflect some of <laughs> the utility they have in our world. Mm-hmm. So, you, so we had to research how these tools actually are used here. Right. And oh. then move it to a world where magic exists. That and makes... usually is commonplace. What's wrong with the magic here? Uh, no, I was, was going to say it makes it's a not lot working. More sense. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Funny, because I'm looking at the uh, Cobbler's tools right now. I'm reading through that. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to it. We're gonna yeah, talk about it. I, I know, but uh, reading through it that makes a lot more sense. It's like, oh, how does yeah, that work you, in the real world versus you can also here. Check out the glass blowers tools problem we had <laughs> so since we're, we're getting into that um so you definitely had to do a lot of research you ran into some issues with the layouts um uh so those definitely i think are common problems for anybody that's first getting started i think the research is never going to go away you're always going to have to do that i'm on number my product number six i think right now and every time i have to do a lot of research um not for me it's a little less on what the reality of the function is and more on like the proper watsy terms and the format that watsy does and all that stuff because that's where i fumble because i played a lot of 4e so i keep going back to like that terminology which is nowhere near as close and i'm reading through it and i was like 
oh man, I'm glad our editor fixed that. Oh, that one too. Man, I use that. That's not how that goes. I pro- okay. I'm glad. Yeah, that's he, why I pay editors. He showed me that one day. He's like, yeah, this is this is what I mean by pro- proper grammar and uh, Watsi standards. Like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot of work to get it uh, correct. Yeah. Because uh, you want it to be to look as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. And when you're starting to write in a different way that someone is going to see in a, a Watsi book, they may not 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 really enjoy it or uh, have uh, issues with it. They may get confused. Yes. And that's a bad thing. Very much so. That happened a lot. <laughs> Our first product, um, I didn't really – when I first published the product, it basically was Jeff Stevens came on the show and he says – he was talking about his time. He's like, well, I was reading some of this stuff and I thought I can write at least this good. So, I'm going to put some stuff together. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, we got a team together and we didn't really follow Watsi protocol like we should have. The book still is, I consider, a success. Um, but it definitely – I've learned a lot from that experience and it sounds like you have as well. So, definitely. Um, very cool. Now, we've been talking about this amazing product but we actually actually haven't even covered any of the uh the 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 items so we've picked a few of the our our favorite ones we wanted to discuss um specifically we want to let you tell us about which one is your favorite of the content you created and we'll kind of go through (laughs) what it does and all that all that uh jazz maybe walk through it a little bit okay my favorite one is hands down the brewer supplies and that's because we came up with the idea of uh, giving it, giving uh, the option to make an alcoholic drink out of pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is made of the blood of my enemies. It oh, gives me exactly. So this is uh, an open-ended uh, option because you can say to your GM, uh, "I want to brew something out of." Uh, Something, I don't care, a rat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They will have to come up with it, but uh, I thought it was important to have some some examples. So I ended up uh, writing eight drinks, and the process of writing those was really funny. (laughs) I really enjoyed writing weird drinks. If you can grow it, you can make moonshine out of it. So I'm looking at the the brewer supplies. It's a tool. It's uncommon. It gives a plus two bonus to checks when using the tools, which I think is yeah. Is this is good. for everything. This is this is uh, the plus two is uh, in every tool. Right, and that so that gives them a ch- uh, increased chance of success, which is fantastic. Um, so the the enchanters uh, brews. What can you? So you got two. You got two uh, fi- features here. Can you tell us a little bit about the the quick brew and the the experimental brew and kind of how they they work together? Because the experimental brew clearly is what you're going at when you're talking about. I want to make something out of this. I don't even know what it is, but toss it in. <laughs> yeah. So the quick brew is uh, just let's. Um, someone uh, create a drink quicker because as i mentioned crafting times are long and annoying yes so <laughs> cutting uh, some cutting some of those times in half may help mm-hmm. but uh, the best part is the experimental brewing <laughs> because you can pretty much uh, try to create a drink out of everything. <laughs> well, at least it, I've you had... should keep it to organic matter. Yeah. 
<laughs> I uh, had a uh, barbarian in the past who would love this item. <laughs> so there's so in your appendix B, you have a lot of examples of um, sample brews, and and indefinitely the comedy <laughs> comes through. Um, and, and I can tell why you had such a, a, a fun job writing this. The evil sludge. Um, I mean, they got some yeah. wicked names: Dungeon Juice, the Evil Sludge, the Poppy Cider, oh, the bark Last bark. Drink, <laughs> the, the Bark la- Brew, the Last Drink. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they these are really cool because they have bonus features to your booze which i think is is fantastic um it really reminds me when i worked on uh remarkable ends one of the things that we were challenged with was coming up with additional benefits or boons or hindrances of uh uh rare mixtures of food or drink or whatever and you not only hit this on the head this shit has me cracking up it's hilarious so kudos to you i tried i tried to keep the mechanics as um as little as possible and uh, focus on more of uh, on the lore of the drinks Mm -hmm. so uh, the gm can do anything they want with it you know what this means you guys we have to create one of these for bourbon toe (laughs) oh boy yeah, we got to do that. So I, I agree with you. This is a really cool uh, uh, tool that you've made, um, and it really encourage it encourages the player to be involved with the tool. That's one thing that I really noticed is that your your items encourage the player to be more involved in in that tool instead of it just being something written in the margin on your character sheet, which is generally what to your point is what usually happens. So yeah, that, that is what we wanted to achieve. So I'm glad you say that. <laughs> you succeeded. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Brandon, you, yeah, I, I can see it's been open on his phone and I can tell that he's been itching to talk about this. Did you want to talk about the, the, what is it? The cobbler tools, the cobbler's tools, the cobbler's tools. For those of you who don't know, that's somebody who makes wooden shoes, apparently, or are they regular shoes. And there's someone who it's a profession in shoes. That's oh, it. They I make, just, they make shoes. Oh, okay. They cobble. So, <laughs> so what makes this interesting to you? Really, what stands out about it? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's got five bullet points to it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's a footwear you can craft using these tools. Have double the hit points. Because you don't want your shoes to ever break. Yeah. I think don't forget do that. do not suffer from wear and tear. Durability, yeah. Yep. In addition, when crafting a pair of boots, you can choose to imbue it with one of the following effects. And this is what This is uh, where it really gets me. you. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, while wearing them, difficult terrain does not half your movement. Instead, it reduces it by one third. Oh, that's too much math for me. Uh, I think that's an older version. Oh, we it just might be. Uh, we have made it to ignore uh, effects of uh, non-magical difficult terrain. Okay. So if you are in uh, non-magical difficult terrain, you ignore those effects. So look at that. Period. He's already updating. They're already updating their content to make it more clear. Because I don't know when I got this. It yeah, we got uh, some good feedback by some of uh, the people who bought it. Right. And we made some slight changes. I think this is the only one mechanical change. Okay. So it's okay. Very cool. But yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So you can make special boots that make it hard to or make it less difficult. No difficult terrain, right? As long as it's not magical. That's a fantastic thing, especially when I like difficult terrain everywhere. Uh, I'm going to say uh, my, my favorite bullet point is the second one, though, because it makes me think of uh, the movie Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah? What, what does it do? You can add either a heavy steel lining or a folding blade to the tip of your boot. Oh, kick them in the dick. You can kick creatures uh, making an unarmed attack against them that deals 1d4 plus your strength mod. 
and bludgeoning damage, or 1d4 plus your dex mod with piercing, respectively. And uh, it makes me think of when he gets the uh, knife in his boot. Oh, yeah, and it won't come out, and he's, like, stomping on the ground. Yeah, I do remember that. And there's the guy with the arms that had, had the blades. The blades, he, that go... He brings it up to his, like, oh, shit, Gordon only gave me one. Hang on a second. <laughs> I can go have a bowl. So this is really and cool. on that, we wanted to make them unarmed, because... Mm -hmm. You can have uh, various shenanigans if you play monk. Yes, for sure. That's 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 so cool. <laughs> I love that it can do piercing damage because monks I don't think normally can do piercing damage without a special weapon, right? Like a like a, like a short sword or a dagger or something, right? Or darts. Or if they oh, or if they have um, um, those uh, monk weapons. Oh, I right, right, remember right. the class exactly. It's in uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. One of the classes, anyway, that's in one of the supplements. Right. One thing here that really jumps out at me is um, when uh, and you, you mentioned you went into a lot of research on what the function of these are. And this shows up because in this one, you gain advantage on constitution saves against exhaustion caused by forced march. That is so situational. But when you get it or when you need it, you're going to be thankful that you got it. Because when you start chucking through miles and miles and everyone else is all worn out, and you're like, ha I got Dr. Scholl's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. I have to admit that uh, the cobbler's tools were the tools we left last. I think they they were the the most challenging ones. I bet we, we weren't we weren't really sure what to to add to make them interesting. But I think we got it. I think. Yeah, the, the, the little knife and steel-toed attachments definitely helps. Because, like, as a DM, if I gave this to my players, I would put them in situations where they got benefit, like, out of this. Like, oh, rolling boulders come falling down. Everyone give me a deck save. Oh, they crush your feet, your movement's half. But you, Billy, you have the enchanted cobbler's boots. So guess what? You're, they bounce off your steel toes, and you're the only person that can move. Yeah. Good job. Hey, he's hey, covering your feet in duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you already added something that we didn't really thought of. You said that because they have that steel lining, you get protected. Right. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's no mechanic for that. But to me, in, in, in my opinion, that's our responsibility as DM is exactly. to, if you're going to add an item into your game, try to find a way to fit it so that the player gets use out of it. Like, I'm more on that side because I don't just give out magic weapons like nothing. Um, I give out tools and stuff like that and tools and trinkets and, and stuff because I feel like that adds more value in my opinion. And it's easier for me to make sure they get the most out of it. Actually, guys, I'm pretty good stuff going on in the chat right now. About what? Well, we were actually talking about how cobblers are actually a dying art because you can just buy shoes these days yeah and that and i point out how, well unfortunately a lot, a lot of the old, old trade arts are dying away and one example i heard i know about actually is when I, the one week i spent in the england back in college the tour guy was actually talking about how they're actually running out of thatchers to ma maintain some of the old buildings because mm -hmm. all the old craftsmen who do it the old thatchers they won't write anything down, and they and <laughs> and they won't take on new apprentices because they're paranoid about people stealing their trade secrets. You're about to die. What do you care? <laughs> you know how those with, with, with practical dudes. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, then Chuck was like, "Plot twist! All the wizards are uh, there's almost no wizards left because they want to take take new apprentices." 
Oh no, that's the real reason wizards are extinct. <laughs> Grouchy don't want to trade them. Like, can I be your premise? Piss off. Um, and then there is one last feature that I think is really worth noting. Um, you give uh, a, a small bonus, a plus two bonus to athletics and acrobatics checks in regarding to climbing and jumping. Um, now we're talking like fucking spring-loaded shit, and I'm a fan of that. <laughs> like, because so for me, if I gave this to a player, I would ask him, "Well, how do you want that to function? Do you want it to have go-go gadget springs that pop out that give you a little bit extra jump or something like that?" And little features like that to me uh, add to the game and to the the, the character's um, pizzazz, I guess. So, and I feel like you've really caught that in your in your items, not just this one, but in all of them, and it it shows that you did a lot of research. Um, we'll talk about maybe one, one, one more. Uh, Ian, which one did you want to talk about? Smith tools. All right. Why, why don't you tell us about why you think the Smith tools are really cool? Well, for one thing, I'm playing a Forge Domain cleric right now. That probably is part of it. <laughs> and I do think like the rules for crafting weapons and armor need a huge overhaul anyway. But I do like how this uh, adds to to it all together <laughs> with the rules that we do have. Like once again, you got the plus two, but this kit also lets you you uh, craft items and weapons out of a more uh, exotic material like silver, adamantine, mithril, Ooh. and it has a portable. Magical Forge. Which we're all a fan of because ain't nobody got time to go back home every time they want to make a new item. And you can also restore hit points to uh, damage objects for each hour of wor- work. Like 20 hit points it gets back. So. Yeah, see, so that, oh. so this is, uh, this blends in really um, quite a bit with what you were saying about making sure they have a, a functional use that ties to what they're used for. Um, I love the, the Magical Forge thing. I think that's fantastic. Um, like, I can totally see a player, well, how do you want your forge to look when it pops out? Is it an old bust-out shanty? Is it a concrete freaking outhouse? And so nobody ever <laughs> thinks to come steal your tools because they just think you're going to take a shit regularly. Um, or is it a big tent? Or does it pop out into a small mountain, you know? Um it leaves it open enough just by calling it a magical forge. Is it a little tiny one, you know? And once again, you can add that, utilize that as part of your character concept to really enhance it. If you're a, say you're a tiefling, maybe a small little dimensional gate that looks like the gates to hell opens and like everyone, Hey, let me come fix this for you. He's like, I'm not fucking walking in there. Are you nuts? <laughs> you know? It would even be just, uh, just a really tiny, tiny forge, uh, in the idea of just uh, uh, an item that allows you to melt the metals. Ooh. You don't really have to enter. An, it doesn't have to be an area. Mm-hmm. So you can just pop it in your cart and just work as someone is driving. <laughs> That's really cool. It reminds me of you guys all watch Sword Art Online. Yeah. Uh, when the lady is crafting Carito's uh, uh, sword, she just looks at it. She hits it out with a hammer and the damn thing just reshapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of kind of what I'm thinking here. Yeah, but they're in, a, in an MMO, so so it's still fucking magic. <laughs> um, I also like the repairing. Um, I I think that. Uh, mending the mending cantrip would have been something really cool like a, a, a limited use of mending i think maybe that's on another one of the tools yeah we have uh, i think it's in the glass blowers that's uh, the one tools. okay because i think it was one of the ones i included um so i think this is really good like i said i love that um you can tie other materials to it i you even include living metal um, so next time I see a construct motherfucker, I am melting that thing into a blade. Will it become a sentient blade then? Mm. That's the kind of shit I'd like to find out. What about you guys? 
<laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Overall, I think this is an absolutely fantastic uh, tool. <laughs> See what I did there? That was completely unintentional. <laughs> Happy accident. Oh, great. Uh, like me. Great. No thinking about that, <laughs> that, that one meme. So, Blacksmith, is, it, is my sword done yet? Almost. I'm still trying to work the kinks out. I like feet. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? That's a meme? It was a meme. Oh, that's funny. Harder, daddy. I give up! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, thank you for adding the saboteur in there for me. So, um, overall, what are your guys' impressions of this this product? I I like it because, as I said before, the crafting rules in D&D, as is in 5th edition, barely even exist. So, anything that enhances it, anything that adds to it, is a win in my book. Oh, for sure. And I know from conversations I had with some friends that the designers for 5th edition wanted to keep it as vague as possible to leave it up to the DM because they also felt there was no system they could come up with that would satisfy every player, which I think was a bad move on their point too, because as true as that may be, it would have been nice to have something more concrete written than stone to go off. downtown. Downtime. What are you doing? I'm going to go farm. Do use your downtime. But you get what I'm saying too. Like, yeah, especially I, I get seeing it. how detailed it was back in 3.5. Use 3.5 then. But it's different systems, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, what about you, B? What do you think? I was going to say, have, having these items, I think, is just awesome because I think it really uh, forces the players to use their tools more often. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever I create a character, it's like, okay, so I got lockpicking tools, all, all this other stuff. And I never use them. I never see a reason to. Well, you ha- you should be using the lockpicking tools every time you pick a lock. Okay, I'll do something a little bit more different. How about alchemy? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Have you ever asked about it? C4. <laughs> C4. You know, kaboom. And uh, we wanted to, uh, to give uh, options that aren't just uh, usable in downtime. Yes. Mm-hmm. This, I think, uh, this is uh, a big reason why tools aren't really used. And this is obvious because if you think about the thieves' tools, they have a use only for when you're adventuring, and you get and you get you to use them. There are tools that don't um, provide options to outside of uh, downtime, or even. Uh, substantial op- uh, op- options, even in downtime, that are going to affect you in a, in a short time. Yeah, so, so I think we got it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. A bit. I think that um, you're going to need to come up with a, a, a like a sequel to this. There's a lot of stuff in the in the book that could use a little bit more love like this. I, it would be nice. I think it would be cool. Um, like I see you've got different. Each one's different. Like. L- levels would you be planning on building like okay here's a a, like an uncommon cobbler's tools here's a rare cobbler's tools and something like that maybe that they as they get better to show their progress that that item evolves i know when we had the we covered the ancestral weapons was ancestral weapons that has like evolutions where you can put point and, Mm. and they get stronger over time something like that i think would even be cool too because now as they're utilizing it as a dm like you get an extra point and then at five points they get a new feature and you unlock that feature so you reward the people that actually use it and and encourages them even farther Um, I don't know if you have any plans to do any sequels or anything well I don't think it would be worth doing a supplement that 
gives uh, the same uh, magic item in different levels. Uh, talking about the enchanted tools, but providing more ideas for crafting <laughs> that uh, scales with level, mm-hmm. so maybe uh, features uh, fits would be an interesting idea. Oh, that would We'd, be cool. uh, We just didn't want to really make just a, a huge list right. of magic items because there would be a point when we would say, okay, I can't come up with anything interesting. Just throw this uh, spell in oh, it. Yeah. You can use this spell. So it would it would uh, get tiring yeah, I for can see that. both uh, us who are, creating it, who are creating it and someone who is uh, going to buy it and read it and use it. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, well, you guys, if you guys don't have anything else, um, I think that'll do it for our main topic but before we move on i was wondering we got two things we mentioned we were going to do a giveaway um of this awesome product to a twitch stream uh twi- one of the twitch uh um viewers that are watching now ian has uh kindly picked one i rolled for it um <laughs> that's how we do that's how we roll i um, hope it's not anastasios um uh, we would have rolled again yeah. <laughs> that would be weird here yeah. here's a free copy of the product you helped create um uh so that being said uh before we give that away do you have any secret projects or anything you're that you're going to be coming out with or anything you're working on that you can give crit nation a little taste of well we we usually bounce off ideas so technically there are so many projects that we want to start working on and we have some in various stages of development so i have a couple um, one of them is uh, uh, is just a lot of tables that will help you generate alchemical ingredients and uh, where you can find them. This isn't going to focus on uh, effects of these uh, ingredients. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make something that uh, that provides you with uh, what these are, mm-hmm. these uh, uh, ingredients are and where and under uh, what circumstances they can be encountered. So, for example, you may want um, an apple that that only sprouts in a specific season in a specific area, something like that. That sounds really cool because if you're giving the details of the item, you could leave it to the DM to say what they do with it or what it goes into, which I think yeah, is really cool. They can build cool. a whole adventure around that. Oh, absolutely. That sounds awesome. You're going to let us know when you get that and send us uh, like uh, when some info when you get it so we can pick it up, right? <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, I'm not. I'm... I'm watching. I love stuff like that because as a DM, I like to take control. And even when I get content like this, taking my own control of it, and, and, and when it encourages that, it really tickles my my, my dice. Um, so thank I you. I have another one. Oh. Uh, this double one, hitter. I, I hope I will manage to get it out in time because, because it's Halloween related. It's a collection of uh, pumpkin-related monsters. Yes. Ooh. So... Uh, I, I have created. I had created uh, created some for um, a session of mine, and I think one of my players is scared about uh, scared 
from that <laughs> session because he, he keeps mentioning those monsters and we played that session two years ago I think <laughs> so I have made a list of uh, just a few monsters and I'm gonna be adding some more and hopefully I'll be able to publish it just in time I made a list of my players fears <laughs> <laughs> Come and see. I didn't, I didn't even is. know he would had a problem with that, and he keeps mentioning, "Damn those pumpkins!" <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Um, for those of you that have been sticking around and watching the uh, broadcast, we are ready to announce our winner of the Enchanted Tool giveaway. Come on, give me. Do you have a drum roll on there yet? No. Why don't you have a drum roll on there? Because we don't do fucking do this. Well, you know what? It's time for a change. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Let me take a look here. He's got a job. D- like, I do the notes. I do all the writing for everything. I I contribute occasionally. Wash your teeth with my pubes. Can I... <laughs> can I just... There it is. And our winner is... Eat a dick. <laughs> Wizard Cadius. <laughs> See, that's the downside, because uh, now i got to go back to favorites and... Oh, boo. No, you you have to put... I literally have to run... Shut your mouth. Congratulations, Wizard Cadius. Wizard Cadius, uh, why don't you contact us via email or private message on Twitter, and we will make sure you that information gets uh, <laughs> get, 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 gets to uh, the kind GM. Shut your mouth, up some put a dick in it. <laughs> Nature says, Wizard Cadius, eat a dick is the winner. <laughs> God, I swear we're kind of professional. No. <laughs> Not at all, actually. They <laughs> saw a comment in the chat. Uh, that's funny. Fuck. That's a, that says, I hate pumpkin spice anything. And I have uh, I, I have something really good with pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice Related. poison. Woo-hoo-hoo. Wait, you're going to tell us or is that, a, is that a secret? Poison. That's a secret, isn't it? That's a secret. It's okay. Not really. It's... This is going. I'm not sure if it's going to be in that supplement, but I'm planning on writing a warlock uh, pack that's pumpkin related, and it contains. Bow to the spice. pumpkin king! <laughs> this that sounds awesome. This is Halloween. I, I love Halloween themed anything, and. I'm excited. <laughs> that being said, I think that'll do it for our main topic today. Um, before we move on to our other oh. tips and tricks, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of Lore Smith. Yeah, sorry guys, I turned the fan on. Harder than the hooker's thighs in here. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the best selling adventure. <laughs> Compliments of I didn't even change the thing. Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. Ian, who is our winner today? Get the word out of his Our head. winner today is Ryan Roth, nineteen sixty nine. What the 
Uh, can, don't mess up anything, please. Thank you. It took me forever to get it to work. Uh, congratulations, Brian Roth. 1969. If you enjoy the adventure, please leave Gort Lorsmith a review. Yeah, I know. Hey, no passing notes when class at the academy. <laughs> and now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. What? That's awesome every time. Yeah. That'll never get old. I, I think it's done, though, because you pointed us and said players and DMs. We're both DMs now. I've DMed before, too. <laughs> what the fuck, guys? Just let me have my fun. Why do you got to be all technical and shit? Get, get out of here. Yeah, guys. but uh, DMs are also players. Yeah, player. <laughs> <laughs> I literally built a wall to section myself off away from them. That's what that screen is. That's my, that's my wall. <laughs> you don't have a screen anymore. I'm... It's because you took it down, a-hole. With yeah, your little foamy shit over there. That's my screen. And you said that's, that's a side That's a foamy little... That is not a screen or... No. It has custom artwork on it. Guess what? <laughs> you know how much that cost me? A dollar. Are you... Okay. So you're more cost efficient than I am. Fantastic. Yeah. Maybe I have to get charge. <laughs> Mine still looks better. Uh, anyways, um, so I'm really excited to talk about our, our, our on Earth Tips and Tricks segment today, our character concept today. Um, I don't have a lot of notes in here, but I have a lot in my mind, so we're just going to riff off of it, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Our character concept today <laughs> is Future Man. What? 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 Chuckles. <laughs> Justin is Trump now wanting to build a wall to make his players pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's horrible we here at crit academy do not support any particular political candidates oh, wow. nobody's buying yeah nobody's buying that at all yeah i'm, uh, I'm glad tater oh, heard that too i heard that heard what when we had a little bit of silence i heard it like someone's <laughs> stomach was growling <laughs> um all right probably so, mine all right let's let's let, we're, we're derailing people come on yep I gotta be the voice of reason. What the hell? Since when? The voice of reason. That's <laughs> Our funny. character concept today is the future man. So um, this idea to me is something really that is I think would be a lot of fun with. It revolves around being a, a, a wizard, but quote unquote not a wizard. Um, this character is from the future. Uh, it's part of a massive assault team with high tech weapons, um, fighting demons and devils that have escaped the Avernus in the lower levels of the nine hells and have been raiding the material plane but unfortunately when he jumped into a used they used a spell or to try to traverse another plane of existence um he didn't end up where he thought he was gonna go and instead this person <clears throat> has now entered the material material realm in the past and is now fully aware of the assault that is coming from the nine circle of nine hells um and so to get the most out of this, this person, every person, even farmers have been pushed into this war. And since not everyone has combat experience, he has little magical tools and gadgets that have been developed. A little mix of science and magic. Think Thor's hammer, right? Anything sci uh, scientific is indistinguishable from, <clears throat> indistinguishable from magic. So you're going to be playing a wizard. You're going to be reflavoring your firebolt is, is like a laser cannon. It's got like a, a, a grenade launcher type thing that's based 
basically your fireball. Um, you're carrying this like exo belt thing that puts a like barrier around you, which is your your shield spell or your um, your mage armor. Um, you have a little transporter on your arm that lets you teleport. That's your misty step. And all of I mean, you can have a collection of different little tools and devices that you can just lock and load that do various effects. You could have an antimatter gun that's just levitate, you know, and you really reflavor the shit out of this. And this entire person's persona is, holy shit, they're coming, you guys. We got to do something. And to me, if I was running a uh, descent into Avernus, have you decided if you're running it yet? I don't know. Someone's we'll running that it. after the show. Oh, okay. That's a no. <laughs> Um, so to me, this is a, a really fun character you can play. I used Avernus as an example, but pick and choose your own, um, book that's coming out. The Storm Giant one, right? If you're going to run that, maybe you're from the future where they're already, they're overrun and everything. And either you've come back on purpose, like the Terminator, or it's a freaking accident. Dun, dun, um, dun, dun. what do you, dun, dun, <laughs> nice. Dun, dun. What do you think about this, Chris? <laughs> I like it a lot. When you started the... Talking about it, I immediately thought, like, so it's like the Doom guy with a wand. <laughs> but. <laughs> the, the, the Doom Marine? <laughs> yeah. But uh, then you started doing something, going away from that and uh, jumping into time travel, which is really interesting, and having to uh, use. Um, Items that are a combination of uh, science and magic is something I really like. I find it a very interesting concept. A very interesting concept. So I can see myself using this uh, character concept. I anybody that knows I love mages. I love all the spellcasters. I also love the barbarian. And anyways, yep. um, and one thing I find that I get the most out of and the mo- reason I believe they're the most versatile is because I can reflavor magic to be anything. And in this case, we can take this concept and tie it into the adventure we're planning on running. If you're planning on running St- Storm King's Thunder, Descent into Avernus, uh, Out of the Abyss with Demigorgon and shit like that, you know, you can tie this into um, the worst case scenario if whatever the adventures are supposed to stop doesn't happen. And that can be a reason why you like um you guys seen x-men right bishop that's what bishop is right he he comes back from uh the future with all this shit this that's gonna happen and he's trying to change it and he's got fancy weapons and shit in this case it's just you're a mage with different magic you know and instead of quote-unquote preparing your spells maybe you're you have to recharge cartridges or some bullshit like that that powers these weapons i need to craft more some new ammo (laughs) yeah and (laughs) give me a minute while i craft my weapons or my my bullets um the other thing that i like about this is it introduces that sci-fi element so if you as a dm want to implement it at some point this could be a lead-in through a character um and jumping forward into the time so you can introduce science fiction into your DD world in the a future timeline um and if you like if you like something like that like i do you can easily utilize a player to do that because how awesome would it be to test the grounds with your players with one character who's using all these gizmos and gadgets all that my brain default to i'm not a wizard i'm a technomancer Oh, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> That's it. I got to make an arcane tradition called Technomancer. I'm doing it. That's I haven't picked a wizard arcane tradition, and I think you just nailed it for me. Thank yep. you. Yep. You're welcome. What about wow. you, B? What do you think? Uh, all, all I can think of now, because he mentioned it, was uh, 
your first battle comes up with this guy, and then Cyber Demon starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, um, that's an awesome game. If you guys don't have any more uh, ideas or anything else, is there anything you would add to this? Anything that would make it give the more of that flavor? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have one, but it goes a bit different because you may have um, them travel b- uh, back uh, to the past but uh, something happens and uh, they possibly die and the characters are left with equipment Ooh. that they don't know how to use and they uh, they have to start learning how to use it oh fancy so that would uh, open them to ideas on how to use them uh, alternatively. That is awesome. So they, they don't know how to use this weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, this is not a weapon, so it's a drill, but they use it as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drill you, son. <laughs> I like that. It really makes me think, too, that you could explain a more powerful character going back in time and being level one. I've got all these cool gizmos, but i got to figure out how they all work. Right now, the blaster is easy. I pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and as you level up, you unlearn, you learn how the mechanics of these different things work. I love it. They would also make that neat is uh, when he comes back back to the past and he's explaining what's going on in the future. If that character dies, that future he describes never happens. <gasps> because he was some major part of it. It's the butterfly effect. Ooh, that's cool. It depends how you you how you manage time travel in your world, which that's- can be. A conversation for another time yeah, because it's going to take yeah. hours. We're going to yeah. need three episodes for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that'll do it for our character concept, Future Man. Yeah. Good job. No, thank you. <laughs> so moving on to our monster variant, which I'm going to be honest, is the first time I didn't make it. So thank you, Ian. No, not the first time. You've made another one, I think. I'll say, this is not the first time that you've not made it before. Okay, well, whatever. It seems like that way. Ian has made our monster variant, the Hellfire Golem. Why don't you tell us about this bad boy? Somebody was devastated when the topic wasn't uh, Descent into Avernus, because I decided to do a month of them, and I did that already. He was like, wait, we we, we should still do this again. I said, okay, make something. Because it just came out this week. (laughs) But our episodes for the next several weeks are going to have those. It does not change my bite. Whatever. It is your... uh, Why don't you tell us about this? This Hellfire Golem that you've made. Forged by the devils in the dust of Aranus, Hellfire Golems were created with the intention to stand guard within the Bronze Citadel, though ultimately deemed ill-suited for that purpose due to their tendency to lose control and attack indiscriminately if they take too much damage. Ooh. They were placed in storage until the flaw could be corrected, but it was not to be. As the war raged on, as the centuries passed, the devils that forged them fell, and the secret to creating them were lost. Occasionally, when devils desire pure destruction against their enemies, a handful may be awoken and set upon the battlefield, leaving carnage in their wake. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So these things have a chance of turning on whoever is controlling them. Yeah. That <laughs> is awesome. And the reason why I actually wrote that in there is because the this is actually based off a clay golem, which does have a berserker feature mm-hmm. if they take too much damage. So the cl- clay the clay golem is the origin. Yes. So you're utilizing that because it already has that berserker feature that you were looking for in your idea. That's right. That's fantastic. Well done. Actually, the fact that the clay golem had that is what made me add that into that mm-hmm. description. Got it. So it looks like you got rid of a couple features here. Um at- Acid absorption and haste yep. are what we're going to lose. What are we gaining in uh, in trade for that? 
Instead of uh, having acid absorption, I put in fire and necrotic absorption. Be okay. Because these things are powered by hellfire, baby. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. So what is that, like half damage? What is that feature exactly? If they get hit with fire or necrotic damage, they heal that much instead. Oh, snap. God damn it. Guess what, Mr. Fireballs? <laughs> You're shit out of luck. <laughs> And they also get Hellfire Breath, which the golem then exhales a 15-foot um, a cone, and each creature inside it must make a DC 15 deck save. And if they fail, they take 3d8 fire and 3d8 necrotic damage. Wow. <laughs> and half that on a successful save. Uh, so it looks like this recharges on a 5 or a 6. Yep. So it isn't and like something you can use every turn. So <laughs> so this is really cool. This is a really good brief flavor of the golem, giving you some ni something great to bring to your Descent into Avernus uh, game. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? So imagine this like a golem made out of uh, black metal Ooh. and the head... Is a, is like a helmet, and through the helmet seeps uh, lava, oh. some viscous uh, red glowing liquid. <laughs> God, God oh. damn! And That's these awesome. things are tall, so <laughs> they're gonna be very imposing, and uh, they won't even have uh, actual hands. Probably one will be some sort of cannon that throws. <sighs> Molten uh, pieces of iron. That sounds and awesome. And is the maybe even a soul. Yeah. Wow. That uh, maybe they run on devouring souls. Isn't that like one of the the core things of the uh, like some of the um, the equipment in Descent of Avernus? Is there certain items that are is it vehicles maybe the or vehicles. machines that run on the souls of the enemies? What if this guy devours him to keep himself going? <gasps> That yeah, it awesome. has maybe has acquired sentience and is actually driving themselves to eat more souls so they can sustain themselves. Oh, and that would explain why they ra they run ravagely too, right? They just attack everything. Something that'll feed their <gasps> feed their inner fire. See what I did there? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, okay. that's what I go with it. But um, Monty from Age also made a pun saying it's called a helmet. These two L's. I gotcha. That's funny with H E L L meant. That's hilarious. Spirit magic helmet. Um, I think this is good. The only, there, if I was to make one change, Ian, you know what I would do? You talk. It's described as an exhale of poisonous, you know, fiery gas. It's a typo. Oh, I was gonna say I would add the poison effect. Make them poison. Make the that, enemy. That's affected because by I copied and pasted the poison breath from the other golem. Gotcha. <laughs> I, oh, well, I still would add poison anyway because you know infernal toxins and shit. Poison anyway. Um, but anyways, I think this is great. I definitely can see myself using this in the descent to Avernus. I'm gonna fix it. Um, good job though. <laughs> Thank you. I'm impressed, and that doesn't happen often. So, anything else on this? Uh, no, I do like the monster though. Yeah, very cool. I love the you you to uh, Chris. You just totally. The, the whole lava demon helmet thing, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and no, I don't have a computer because I'm poor. Yeah. And Taylor's right. I mean, if we can get some more patrons, maybe we'll buy one. <laughs> yeah. You'll be, can I be honest for a second? I've already been looking down that line um, about getting you a laptop, um, but don't uh, hold me to that. Uh, I make no promises because we'd be poor, especially after the money we spend to go to ArcadaCon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hotel badges, yeah, yeah. So uh, that'll do it for this little bitch ass Kindle in front of me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't be pissed at the Kindle because it's garbage. It's not its fault. Its creators are shitty people. Um, the hell's there? I love you, Amazon. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos, your shit sucks. Uh, that'll do it for our monster variant, the Hellfire Golem.
Chris, would you be interested in telling us about our encounter pod, uh, encounter of the podcast? All right, I can try. <laughs> so this encounter is uh, about immortal Sladi. Uh, in this encounter, the dungeon requires uh, a lot of backtracking. As the, uh, as the PCs encounter the Sladi and defeat them, upon returning, they either find the Sladi alive or their corpse, corpse is missing. The Sladi have been magically enchanted to be guardians of uh, a tomb or a treasure or an artifact. The Sladi were bound in pairs, matching in colors, so they know when their partner has been killed and have the power to resurrect them. They come in four colors, blue, red, green, and gray, and must be defeated in pairs. Otherwise, they will resurrect each other. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Nice. That sounds... I could uh, change something in this. <laughs> do it. I would, um, I would not have them necessarily resurrect each other. I would uh, maybe have them uh, like that. If they do not die if, if they do not uh, if they both aren't killed at uh, a time interval they resurrect oh so, so you wouldn't even make them rely uh, kill, on each other yeah if you if you kill one and in five minutes you don't kill the other then uh, the, other the dead re is resurrected so, so yeah, so that's actually even probably better than what I had because then the Slatty doesn't actually have to physically go to where the other one's at. Um, so I was playing Final Fantasy VIII and you get the, the Ragnarok and they've got these stupid propagator guys that every time you run into a room, you damn, you come back and they're still alive and it uh -oh. pisses me off. Yeah. I really like this idea because it brings together um, something the players don't expect. If you get them in a dungeon where there's a lot of like puzzle solving where they have to go to one room and then back through another and are constantly passing and fighting these things and they're never ending, it's, it's start going to start to be a problem. Especially if they just choose to try to ignore them and stealth by them. Do they catch up to them and end up surrounding them or ambushing them later on? Um, it depends on whether you make these uh, these creatures are relatively intelligent so they would be able to to make a plan like okay they're kicking our ass what can we do well let's wait for them to go over here so let's all hide there or something like that um by putting it as a the monsters as a puzzle itself that's something that's different that i don't see very often personally and i think would be a very interesting challenge maybe maybe their power their their live the fact that they're alive is the key to opening some treasure or some loot or some other locked widget um and i think that that would be a good way for them to have to kind of solve this monster puzzle um what do you guys think about that I like it because they're not going to expect the uh, fallen slotty to get back up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Doesn't really happen. What about you, uh, Chris? Would you use something like this, or how would you feel if you ran into it? I would have a lot of fun figuring out what uh, details I could add. I could add to the dungeon, the tomb, whatever, that would uh, hint Ooh. that uh, these things will uh, get resurrected. So, uh, in order to help the players figure out what's going on. 
That and would be interesting. That sounds great because um, we talk a lot about different player archetypes, and I think the lore master character, the person that really thrives in that lore, even if it's like little uh, like hieroglyphic sketches or things that are alluding to what's happening in the area, um, would be really, really cool and would really add flavor to the, the environment that they're in, which really makes it that much better of a dungeon and encounter. So, <laughs> You know it would be a real pain? What? If they figure out they have to die in pairs and they kill the wrong pair. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got this guy down. He's down. Let's kill this guy. He goes down. He gets back up. Went, Fuck, we killed the wrong one. So I guess the thing that I leave kind of, that's left kind of open is how long in between. Is it one minute? Is it five minutes? Is it ten minutes? I mean, that could really make a difference. We did the grave bear ones that resurrects after one minute. Well, how many fucking players take a short rest after every encounter? Hmm? Having this thing pop you, up. You can also add, um, for example, how trolls do not regenerate if they take uh, fire damage. Ooh. You could do something like that. So if they take a specific uh, type of damage, they take longer to resurrect. Ooh, I like that. Maybe acid damage or something like that that physically deforms them so bad that they can't regenerate. I like that. Ooh. Chris, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> I think that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast, The Immortal Slotty. Brandon, would you like to tell us about our magic item? This, this is a little different. This week's magic item is the Trinket Grimoire from Happy Jack's Funhouse. <laughs> yeah, hey! I kill so. Just Stevens, a collection of bizarre items that uh, the Stitchling can create when brought the listed ingredients. So in uh, Jack's uh, Jack's Funhouse, <laughs> there is a person who can, if you bring her certain things, she'll make little things things for you. And I don't, and, and they're magical in the sense that they're magic items, but they're not magic items in like the traditional sense. I like this because it's a very specific way to craft a particular item with a special effect um, which isn't something that's really prevalent in the D&D material. And since it's a fun house, obviously it's not going to work as intended or it's going to have some gimmick to it. So why don't you tell us about that, B? Its name is the Phase Spade. The ingredients required are bloodstained weapon, flower petals, or leaves, eight ounces of any spice. Pumpkin. <sighs> The result, a magical sword that when it deals damage, any blood drawn from the victim is a spray of flower petals. <laughs> is a spray of flower petals or leaves. Ooh. Notes. Smell a pumpkin pumpkin spice in the air. Notes. The stitchling crushes the petals and leaves with the spice and snorts. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. She crushes the petals and leaves with the spice and snorts them. When she takes the bloodstained weapon and plunges it into her chest, or beats her chest with it, she then removes it and offers it back. It glows the color of the petals or the leaves used to enchant it. Enchantment. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> That's funny as hell. <laughs> Peace, motherfucker. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get fabulized today, bitches. <laughs> what the fuck? Chuckles. It's a soccer mom named Karen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this, Chris? So imagine stabbing someone with that weapon and they start throwing up uh, petals. That would be awesome. 
<laughs> slit their throat and a rose petal pops out or a rose pops out or a sunflower. Um, I think that flower is based off the race. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you mentioned earlier about having something, a collection of thing, uh, of tables for um, items that a DM can use. This is something that we need more of. Um, I like that it gives detail for ingredients. It gives a, uh, an interesting result uh, for the weapon. And more specifically, it tells you the process of how the person creating it went through it. And that, to me, is fucking solid. Way to go, Jeff. You really are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think this is cool wow. because during the, the role play of it, you could have the person say, well, and you know, <laughs> depending on what type of flowers you want to get, <laughs> we can make it really special. Do you have a favorite blood, thirst for blood? Well, make them rose petals or just don't get the enchantment. <laughs> you know, um, each fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> each person can really customize this, this effect in any way. Now, obviously, this is very gimmicky and is meant to be something that's found in a fun house. But you could do the same sort of uh, process with any sort of weapon, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> so, Happy Jack's Funhouse is awesome, by the way. I did ran it on One Shot Onslaught. You should keep an eye out for that in October. <laughs> um, is there anything about this that you think you could you would add to it to make it a little bit more interesting? Rainbows. As if it's not... Motherfucker, you beat me to it. <laughs> I was literally going to say, what if you cut them and it's sunshine and rainbows that burst out of their body? Uh, I like this. This is fantastic. I would I would use this. See, this is one that has no mechanical benefit, but is fun as hell. I like that. Yep. Yes, I am. Do you have any other comments on this, Chris? I'm thinking about um, having, uh, apart from uh, weapons, ammunition for that. So you would give them arrows, Ooh. and they would turn. Uh, they would pull out the tip of uh, the arrow and replace it with a petal. But it's as sharp as the arrow. <laughs> Razor leaf arrows. That is awesome. <gasps> flowers Better yet, get a sling. Get a sling. Ho ho ho! Shoot seeds at people, and when it hits them, it like sprouts around their body. <gasps> that would be awesome. Little flowers growing on you. Oh, you look fabulous. <laughs> Talks you on mask. Uh, Chuckle says uh, my lich was creepy as well, and I should play it for you guys. Um, so, I think this is a great magic item. Kudos to Jeff Stevens and the team for coming up with this bad boy. Um, and this isn't the only one in there. There's an entire list of this trinket, Grimoire, of, like, it's basically a menu of stuff, and you pick one and go get the stuff and give it back to her. It's fantastic. I think that'll do it for our magic item today, the Phase Spade. Our Dungeon Master tip of the podcast, this is really interesting. So as a DM, I'm constantly, we're always, we don't always have time to write our own shit. So whether you're using DMs Guild or some other resource to create your own, uh, to run an adventure, something you can toss together, a mod, it can be hard to find what you're looking for if you're looking for something specific. If you want a horror theme, if you want a, a dungeon crawl, if you want an Egyptian tomb theme adventure, um, it can be hard to run. But if you go to adventurelookup.com, they actually compile like DMs Guild Adventures and other sources of material into a giant search bar that you can filter by whatever conditions you want. And then it'll recommend uh, written material that you can run um, with those, whether it's a, a setting, an addition, uh, an environment, how long you want it to be, what levels you want it to be. And I just think this is an absolutely amazing DM resource. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? 
I remember Matt Colville mentioning it. I like that uh, you can um, you can add different uh, various filter filters to find what exactly you need, and I think that's a really good uh, tool to find adventures. Absolutely, I think it's uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, and it, it 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 filters it by publisher too. You got TSR, DMs Guild, Wizards of the Coast, uh, Adventures in Philabar, Paizo, a whole bunch. So I think it's good. What do you guys think? Anytime you can look at adventures like this, I call it a win. <laughs> Fair enough. I like this idea because of the fact that I don't have an adventure for ArcadeCon yet. Well, there you go. I can <laughs> recommend a few. I think you would really like Happy Jack's Funhouse. You should run that. Or Tasha's, hit, Tasha's um, Kiss. They're glorious. But definitely, it's a good tool. You should lose it, use it and poke around. Figure out what you want to run and just t- type it in. So... Uh, is there any other resources anybody to recommend that's something like this? This is the only one I found. I'm not aware of anything else. No, not, no. not like this. No. I mean, you could use DMs Guild, but its filters not nearly as thorough as this, in my opinion. Um, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. I didn't actually give it a title. The Adventure Lookup Tool. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be a dick. dick! And you can avoid dickitude by including life events for your characters. No matter how long your PC has been alive, they have experienced at least one signature event that has markedly influenced their character. Um, this might even be something that triggered like a backstory, but life events include wondrous happenings and or, or, or tragedies, you know, conflicts and successes, encounters with the unusual, you know, aliens, whatever, <laughs> uh, monsters, <laughs> whatever tickles you, I guess. Um, they can help to explain your character, how your character became an adventurer. And, oh, and some might still affect uh, your life even after they're long over. Uh, PCs that have lived long lives may have multiple life events that helped shape them. So if you've got a a class, is there an event in your character's life that made them, drove them down that path? Did your your house get robbed when you were younger and some bandits broke in and murdered your family and now you want to find out who these people are so you, you either learn tricks of the trade of becoming a soldier and that's the background you take so you can learn to defend yourself and it never happens again. Maybe you become an investigator and you take up one of those special feats um, to help you root out who did this. Maybe you're a a sailor and you became a sailor because you almost drowned and you wanted to overcome your fear uh, of, of drowning so you literally did the one thing you could think of and jump on a boat and stick on water for, for a long time. Um, having life events for your character can really help flesh out why they are who they are, whether it's backstory or class or even who they worship. What do you think about that, Chris? Back in my day. <laughs> yeah, how, uh, life events can be re- really interesting to use to shape your character. Um, even having them while they are um, while you play them, you can work with your uh, DM to incorporate life events, uh, not just in the past, but in the present of. Uh, a character that would uh, not only allow the DM to work with you to create uh, an, inter- an interesting story, but you would be more uh, involved with your character. You will be more into your campaign. You will. It will. I believe it's going to to add more. Um, it's going to make your character uh, richer. Yeah. 
Definitely. And it, it, you actually touched on something that I hadn't considered. You talk about the present. What about the future? What if you plan to multi-class, work with your DM to trigger an event in your character's life that pushes them down that path if you're a fighter now and you want to multi-class into say wizard um maybe you you say hey i'd like to multi-class in this is there some critical event we can make happen so that my character takes interest in that maybe he stumbles across this wandering wizard who does some magic or something and uses his power to heal or help people in some way and the character's like i want to learn that i want to be able to help people in that way you can actually build out the future of your character through these life events that you plan out and man that would be such an engaging story to share between you and your your dm i think i did uh, something along those lines in one of my campaigns i i knew what uh, my players wanted to multi-class into so for example the barbarian at some point started showing signs of magic uh, druidic magic so uh, I introduced someone who recognized those signs and uh, told them, hey, let me help you control this. Ooh. Or a paladin of um, a god was uh, granted also warlock powers from that god. Ooh, I'd like that. That's awesome. You must be a fantastic GM. You need to stream I that try. shit. You need to stream that <laughs> shit, bro. I was going to say... Uh, Going off, going off chuckles here because he's saying, uh, uh, make sure the party throws your character. Literally the line below it. Oh, God. But I got one. Fine, fine. Whatever. Off I'll allow it. Go ahead. You dick. I'll allow it. <laughs> we'll edit it out. Yeah, edit it out. Go, yeah, keep like, adding yeah. more work from me. Go, going up, going off what Chuckle says. Uh, make sure the party throws your character a birthday party and buys them presents. Yay. Uh, uh, avoid dickitude. <laughs> No, that brought Never. something else to my attention. What if two of your player characters end up getting married? That's in-game. weird and awkward. In-game. Yeah, weird and awkward. But what what if they're an actual couple in real life? And like, oh, we're going to get married. Maybe they get married. That would be a life event. And then one of them fucking dies. To get a new one. <laughs> How do you think that would affect the other player? I don't know. Sad for a little while. I bet. Oh, and then every year they have to take a day off of adventuring because they're remembering the day they got married. <laughs> That's fucking savage, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I overall think this is a great tip. Uh, I cannot claim credit for this. This is actually a snippet out of the Xanathar's Guide that I thought <laughs> was something we couldn't uh, pass up. I'd like to point out that it's on page 69, one of my favorite life events. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Um, all right. Oh, shit. At least she's not watching, is she? My <laughs> wife follows us sometimes. Chuckle says they get to collect the insurance and retire. Yeah, my wife made me take out two insurance policies, so if I die under mysterious circumstances, please find her. Yep, she's watching. <laughs> All right. But what if uh, the character comes back as a revenant? Ooh. Revenant. How do you call it? <laughs> we all know revenant aren't real people and don't have rights. Yeah, but it was an, a character option in One Unearthed Arcana. That's true. So you could uh, bring back a character like that. Yeah. But you'd have to talk to the spouse to make sure they want them brought back. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they like, realize be, they made a mistake. Yeah. This I, has to it, be coordinated. Yeah. I think it would be kind of cool, especially if it became a, a primary quest goal of the spouse. Yeah. Like, to do what they got to do to get this person resurrected either via a spell or through the revenant uh, 
feature or the revenant uh, is it, it's a race right is that what it is this class yeah i think so yes race? yeah so that would be cool okay got the materials for a, a resurrection spell and what what it failed well it only comes back because they want to come back Message back. I'm in heaven, you dick. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Up here, you're 20 years younger and no scars. <laughs> That's savage. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by including life events to your character. So before we close out, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. Man, his name comes up a lot. Yes, He's going to have to start paying me. Empty of villages, <laughs> except for one boy. Found, sitting and weeping. Oh, shit. Next to a jester's pageant wagon. The boy explains that the villagers, including his family, followed a jester into the wagon and never came out. What madness could the adventurers face? Can they save the villagers? Or will they go mad trying to <laughs> Can you survive the madhouse of Tasha's kids? You know, I gotta say, every time I hear that, I'm starting to think that that little boy is part of the reason why everyone's disappearing. Have you not run that adventure yet? I have not, no. You really should read that and run that at the uh, AkataCon if you don't have anything. I promise you'll love it. It is amazing. <laughs> um, who's our winner today, Chris? It's a yeah. long name. Um, two names. With a last yeah. name. <laughs> Robin and George Wright. That's yeah. what it looks like to me. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. George Wright. <laughs> Is it wrong for a minute? I wanted to add extra letters in there. <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Robin and George Wright. If you enjoyed the adventure, please leave Jeff Stevens a review. Yay, he hit the button. <laughs> Your own fans are turning against you. Um, please join us in our next episode where we'll be discussing three tier design for a busy GM this is an awesome article that I read from uh, Raging Swan Press um, and I'm really excited to talk about that if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks topics or you'd like us to discuss please send them to us you can email them to us at criticademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at criticademy oh <laughs> He's not paying attention. I am not. We <laughs> lazy doesn't even deny it. He's like, nope. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five star review on iTunes or your platform of cho- choice, or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoy the show. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Yes, if you'd like to support the show, as of this recording, our Oath of the Voidwalker should be released. It comes out on August 10th, which as of this recording should have been like two, a couple weeks ago. Um, you can we have to wait up- a whole year? What? What did I say? You said August 10th. Oh, October 10th. That's <laughs> not right at all. Thank you for correcting me. Ass. Um, it's important to get you the appropriate information. Yes, um, you can support our show by becoming a patron, get lots of fat loots. There's a lot of stuff. I'm not going to bother reading off all the crap that I do for you, uh, the patrons, um, but there's a lot of stuff on there, so check that out. Support us by buying our DMs Guild content. we got a lot of good stuff on there. Um, as well as Brandon does uh, commission art. You can find that stuff on Facebook and the details for that. Um, also, make sure to subscribe to our... Actually, that's your spot, Brandon. Why don't you take that real that's quick? Like, I'm chocolate and stuff, too. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take care of it. Uh, just like, there, there we go. 
Make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Follow us on Twitch.tv, slip forward slash CritAcademy, and subscribe on YouTube so we can help you on your future adventures as well as a chance to win cool prizes each and every week. Make sure to check our fellowship members as well. Yeah, um, make sure to check out our awesome fellowship members. You have uh, inner party conflict, J- oh, Jabe. What the fuck, Jabe? Gabe. <laughs> Gabe. Gabe and Jeff answer your questions like a couple of uh, awesome professional people. We try, we fail, but they succeed. Um, Brute Force and Ignorance is an actual play podcast. Um, they they actually are funny as shit, and you should definitely check them out. And of course, the kind GM is also a part of our show um where can they find you mr kind gm i don't want to spam a lot of links so they can just go to the kind wordpress.com and uh, they're gonna find links to everywhere there you go you yeah. heard it from the man the myth the legend himself um i personally follow him on twitter and make sure i keep updated so definitely do that um Honestly, I, I do want to give a quick pause, a moment of pause for D&D Character Lab. They have, and I think I mentioned this last week, uh, they have decided that they are going to end their current uh, show. Um, this was just a hobby for them, and real life got in the way because guess what? We're unfortunately all adults. Um, but I, I do want to wish them a happy life, and I hope that if they decide to come back, they will let us know as soon as they do, because damn, that show is awesome. Lots of other content creators on there, including links to the kind GM and um, all, everyone else that is part of the Crit Nation Fellowship. Before we uh, close out here, do you want to give yourself one more plug and why they should come visit you? Why come visit me? Well, <laughs> uh, I think I create uh, content that uh, you will find interesting both uh, uh, during a session and uh, outside of a session so you should uh, come uh, take a look yeah i can't recommend it enough i like i said i don't as a guy that runs a podcast you think i'd read all kinds of shit and i kind of do but there's only a very few that i constantly go back and read multiple things that they do Mm -hmm. um the kind gm is definitely on top of my list followed by matt colville stuff and and in the angry dm so um i put you right up there with their their writing man your content's awesome i love reading it and i always look forward to seeing something new pop up in my feed even sometimes your little one-liner tweets always make me giggle so <laughs> Not an article, but always funny. So I think that'll do it for our show today. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your guest, Chris. I'm your host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Aw, chuckles. What? Right under where it says, yay, he hit the button. It says, it was a compliment. It shows he can be taught. <laughs> oh, Motherfucker. <snazzy. laughs>